0: You know, when you're working the night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk (laughs) or delirious? I'm Emily and I'm Hannah, and you're listening to Drunk or Delirious,
1: a night shift podcast.
0: I'll see you in the Dahmer
1: Room, the Dahmer Room, the Dahmer Room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The Dahmer Room. I make they're... a lot of songs. Yeah. I sing literally all the time to Charlie. Yes. About everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Who has like many theme songs.
1: Yes. <laughs> Constantly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's a musical in my home.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I we, all, we always have music on too
0: so um
2: before we start talking about Dahmer I wanted to tell you about my massage experience
1: oh god yes okay
2: <laughs> okay so I haven't had very many massages in my life I've had the one in Cabo with you mm-hmm. that was my first lovely one Yep. Ugh. that was on my amazing we had it on the ocean, so you could just hear the waves crashing. And we were all next to each other, and it was just so nice. And it was lovely. Yeah, that was amazing, and we were all hungover, so it just like, you know, it just felt even more like you were getting the toxins out of your body, and just like we needed mm. that. And then my second one was Eric bought me like a gift card to this place for Christmas last year, and I finally used it like a few weeks ago, and it was great. So I went back today because i have like chronic upper back pain and stuff and i was like i need to go you know more often and you know figure my shit out um and this lady (laughs) the first lady that i had was like lovely little petite thing like very gentle and like polite and like introduced herself and was like what areas would you like me to focus on today and like just exactly how you would imagine a massage therapist Mm -hmm. and then this lady today like she, she walks up, and she's the most gruff-looking woman, and she goes, Hannah. And I was like, oh, oh, God. And Hello. Like, and, then, <laughs> hi. and I was like, and I and I said hi, and then she, like, didn't respond. Didn't introduce herself. Come on in. <laughs> Brings me into the, into the room. <laughs> and she closes the door, and she just goes, what can I do for you today? <laughs> well, I'm here to get a massage. First things first.
0: Yeah. And like I told her, like, I'd like you to focus on these areas. These are the problem areas. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, you know, get down strip down to like your level of comfortability and then get under the blanket with, with your face down or whatever. And I'm like, okay. So I do that. She comes in and she's silence. She doesn't say, I'm I'm in here like, okay, we're gonna get started. I don't know. I would like when you're face down and you can't see. I want to hear sure. your voice again because I don't like, especially it's spooky season. I don't know if a murderer just walked in and is going to stab me with my face down. So I want Correct. you to say something. Yeah. So it was awkward, and and then she, she lowered the bed so low, and then she was like sitting on the stool and massaging me there. So I was like very low to the ground, and so her I legs were like right under my face, and. Okay. So and she's just, she's clearly a smoker. She reeked of cigarettes, heavy breathing the entire time. <sighs> oh my
1: god! <laughs> <Ew>.
0: <laughs> it was horrible. And um, what else? She was like clearing her throat, like you know, like it was just oh my gross, god, was fucking foul. Okay, it was so gross. But and so at first, I'm just like, I'm sitting through it, and I'm just like okay, next time I'm going to have to like request the last lady that I had because I just put – I didn't have a preference because I was like, I'm sure they're all great. But then I swear by the end of it, she this woman fucked me up in the best way possible. She was so rough, but I feel like it's what I needed. And (sighs) she attacked these knots in my back. And then like she did this crazy thing. When I flipped over and I was laying on my back, she would do – she was like massaging my leg and then she brought my leg – all the way up to my chest and said mm-hmm. breathe in and then breathe out and then she was like wiggling it around and then at the end she flipped it over to the other side of my body and then pushed my shoulder down and cracked my back <laughs> and she did it on both sides and I was just like holy fuck! oh my god wild but by the end of it I was like that was like a really good massage but she, like the smoke and the breathing yeah. You know, like she definitely
1: knew what she was doing. It's supposed to be a relaxing like, not. experience. I mean, for the most part, like you, those factors, you're not supposed to have to worry about like someone reeking of s- cigarette smoke yeah. and like fucking hawking loogies in your ear. Like I it's know. supposed to be calming. <laughs> it was not. It was painful.
0: But I feel like I felt like it was necessary pain to get to like my issue And I'm like, oh, my God. If I went to her every couple of weeks, like, I feel like my back pain would go away. But then I'm like – but I'm not enjoying it. And, like, I don't like the cigarette smoke. So I'm wondering if I should just try someone else and then, like, just keep trying and just see. And you can
1: tell them, like, more pressure too if you need, like – which I'm a baby, so.
0: I know. I I kind of am too. But I would just, like – I don't like to say anything. Like – I know that you're supposed to speak up and say, like, more or less or whatever, but I don't like to say anything.
1: I know. I'm so awkward.
0: Yeah. I know. It's so stupid because it's, like, it's your body, so just speak up. But, yeah, no, I just, like, sat through it. But I was – the whole time I'm thinking, like, no, this is, like – this is what I need. But it was just so funny. I was, like, this is
1: crazy. (laughs) Shit. Yeah. That is – I've never had an experience like
0: that. (laughs) Yeah. It was just not what I was expecting Based on, like, the last time that I was there, it was just so different. But Interesting. That was was my...
1: The (laughs) last... I got a facial a couple months ago, and because someone gave me a gift card, and I was like, I haven't had a facial in a long time. So I did that, and the freaking lady... late I shouldn't say lady. She was a child that did my facial. She was 20. Oh, my gosh. 20 years old. Not saying that you can't, you know, be an esthetician at that age, but... She also had like terrible skin. Oh like, wow. Fuck?
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like, how do you take it's it's like a nurse, the nurses who are overweight, smoking, alcoholics who are giving like health advice to patients. Right. It's just like right. one of those things. It's like, oh, I'm gonna take skincare advice from someone who like doesn't take care of their face. Well, who knows? Maybe she
1: does, but yeah, like, but it was just. It was funny, and she was telling me about, like, anti-aging, and I was like, hi, you're 20. So, I don't know. Yeah. I just can't really take any of that seriously. But Yeah, um, like, you have, you have no wrinkles, goodbye. You have no wrinkles, <laughs> so you don't know what actually works best on wrinkles, because you don't have them, and you haven't yeah. had to treat them. But <laughs> I digress.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Let's uh, get into some
1: Dahmer, shall we? Oh, Yeah. <clears throat> We're almost done with the series, guys. So close, guys. So close. We are doing episodes seven and eight today. Yes. Oh. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Intense, as always. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't get any less. All right, episode seven. Here we
0: go. (laughs) Again. So um, it starts out with Tracy, who was his... Almost final victim that we see in episode one. He's escaping Dahmer's apartment, and Glenda hears him running and screaming down the hallway, and comes out. And he see- she sees Jeffrey getting up from the ground in the doorway, and she's terrified by what she sees and hears, and goes scurries back into her apartment, locks a door, and then she sees Tracy running down the street outside the window. Um, and then she – I can't believe the ball's on this woman. She went over to Jeff's door and looked through the peephole. Um, it didn't really show us what she saw, but she was frightened and she ran back to her apartment. Um, she was about to call 911,
1: but then she sees a police car arrive with Tracy in it. Yeah. I can't. I can't that they took him back to the scene of the crime. It's ridiculous. And that she had the balls <laughs> like, to go oh. look into his peephole.
0: Yeah. Like, who? This guy? He tried to kill you?
1: <laughs> Let's go back there. Yeah, that seems that seems solid. Um, And then it goes back to Jeffrey's arrest scene again, but it's from Glenda's point of view. Um, She is screaming at them that she knew and called them a million times for months and months and months, and they did nothing. And now that they came to now they came too late. um, And then they ask her to evacuate again, as we saw, like, in that earlier episode where she's like, I have nowhere to go. And and they didn't really give a shit. And then she um, asked, like, how many bodies they'd found in his apartment. And they – he just walked away. So what a great cop. Horrible.
0: I just can't imagine being her. Like, I know, like, in real life, she's a blend of a couple of characters. And we can get into that more later too. But – Mm-hmm. Just like her character is so good in this in this show, and she she's such a good actress. But yeah, she killed oh my god. It. I just it really this whole episode is kind of focusing on Glenda a lot, and mm-hmm. it's just it's on like you can't even like comprehend like what she has gone through, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean we'll get into it more because the like I said the whole episode is basically about that. Yeah, it's wild. Then it flashes to, like, the investigators and the police, and they're talking about, like, what they found in his apartment. Basically, they are like, oh, we found 11 bodies, but we haven't been able to identify them. But then they did say that they do have their IDs, Um, and then they're talking about how, basically, they realize they're in big trouble because um, two of their police officers escorted Conorak, the 14-year-old, back to Dahmer's clutches. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was great work on their part. Um, and obviously we know from the previous episodes that Glenda had called the police multiple times expressing her concerns and they didn't do
1: anything and they didn't believe her because she's a black woman. Yep. Just like systemic racism, perpetual racism throughout this entire show and this, that whole time. Um, and then the police begin to like make their rounds with the victims' families, let them know that they found their bodies, um, and the families are rightfully extremely angry with the police for not finding Dahmer sooner. And uh, Connor X's family said that he should have been in jail for molesting their other son. If you remember, like he like the things that he did to that one specific family is just like he ruined it's he, unspeakable. I mean, he ruined, yeah,
0: yeah, he ruined all of their those. Lives, but like every single victim and their families, he's ruined all of their lives. But like, like one kid is dead, and the other is has PTSD for life. Yeah, because he was almost killed by him, and they they just have like a permanent reminder of that forever. And they know like that there should have been justice served.
1: Like, yeah, he should have been in jail. Like he shouldn't have even been able to kill correct yeah he should have been in jail this whole time and the system failed all of these victims it's horrible mm-hmm. um,
0: so then it's a scene with glenda at work and she's approached by um a white lady who told her um what she said to the police about conorak was in quote unquote very upsetting and their boss is basically pissed um and it's a bad look for their company. And he's worried about the press associated with it. And literally all she said was the truth. Like she just said, like, this is what happened. I saw him. He was naked. He was a baby. I called the police. They didn't do anything They except for escort him back to the clutches of his murderer. And like mm-hmm. I told them. Um so I don't understand like how that's a problem. Like she was the only good guy in this entire situation. And they're they're like, oh no, it's bad press for us. We don't want to have a, a spotlight on this. Like everyone is just trying to shove all of this stuff under the rug. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this lady also says that there's been multiple complaints about her um for her crying. Like, I'm sorry. I'd be crying for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. So like fuck the you. fuck.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, oh my God, I could not believe. She literally had the audacity to ask Glenda if she's ever seen
1: the zombies. I can't. Oh my God, what if she's a terrible human being? It's disgusting. Like I can't even wrap my mind around that. Like why, one, why is that a concern? Why is this bad press? Two, who the fuck is complaining about her crying? I like, All I would want
0: to do is like – console her and do her work for her and like do anything that I could to make her life easier.
1: Yeah. I um do not understand that at all. Um so then we are introduced to uh Reverend Jackson who is a big civil rights activist during that time. He um I mean if you ever watched like American Crime Story, um the O.J. Simpson one, he's in that like Diff- oh, I mean, really? Not the same- yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like a big um, um, black rights uh, um, activist during whatever, the eight- the 70s, 80s, all that. Cool. Um, he becomes involved in the case because he sees a story as what it is more than a gruesome horror show. It's a metaphor for all of the social ills that plague our nation, like bad policing, undeserved communities, the low value we assign our black and brown men, Um, especially when they're gay, like as we've seen throughout this entire show, like the gay stuff, quote unquote, (laughs) like, okay, goodbye. Um, the police don't want to shine a light on the police department's incompetence. Um, they obviously want to shove it all under the rug and like hide their gigantic part in a serial killer continuing to kill for years. It's wild. It's wild at the end of the day they
0: all just want to protect their own asses. It's and it's so like it's interesting watching it now like post George Floyd too because mm-hmm. it's like I mean totally it well different scenario. I don't want to say totally different cuz it's still involved a murder. Um but it's not like a serial killer but you know it like that also shine like shone shined shined. shone Sh-
1: sure? <laughs> I don't know.
0: it it shined i don't know sorry guys it shined a light on like the problems with policing in our community still today Mm -hmm. and i don't know i just keep i just kept thinking about that with like this whole show and just history just repeats itself over and over again and stuff and how even like all the a lot of the um police forces now even just like try to like shove all that under the rug and like protect their own and stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to say like all cops, cops are bad and stuff, but like it's just systemic racism that it, that exists not only in the police forces, but as we know as nurses, the hospital systems and everywhere on and on and on and on. Yeah. I mean, the everywhere. entire world. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's just crazy because it's like at the end of the day, like this man murdered all these people, but like there is just so much more to like, what's going on here? Like, he sh- the problem is, like, not only him, but it's, like, he
1: shouldn't have been able to get away with this. Right.
2: That's crazy.
1: It sh- no. No. Because he was a, like, young white man. Yeah. Like, that's why he was able to get away with all this. It's ridiculous.
0: And, like, a terrible liar. We see this time after time. Like, he sucks at lying, but people still give him the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yeah. It's
0: fucking wild. Insane. All right. Tangent over. Um, so then the the Reverend like hears about Glenda and realizes that the police haven't even asked her about her point of view and what she's seen because she has already been so involved with calling the police a million times, but they haven't even gone to see her or ask her. Um, so he goes and, um, and then he basically is just saying like, I will listen to you. I know the police aren't right now, but I will. And then it's the rest of the episode pretty much is just a flashback of like living her life in that apartment Mm -hmm. next to Dahmer.
1: Yeah. So it flashes back to all of her experiences. Like obviously she's hearing like constant noises coming from next door that constant, terrible smell, she confronts Jeffrey, like, again and again, confronts him at his door, um, and tells him about the smell, and he says, it might have been the barbecue. Guess I let the meat sit out too long, and closes the door on her. Like, mm, what the fuck? But people just, like, also took that excuse. Like, meat doesn't freaking smell like that. No. <laughs> yeah. No. It's disgusting. It's
0: so, um, so then she meets... And someone that's just moving into the apartment building. His name is Dean, and you know he's about to be dead. Like as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, he's in trouble. Um, he helps her take her groceries to, up to her apartment. He seems super nice. She warns him of like the shady characters in the building, which I'm like, Glenda, just say who you should have told him specifically who to watch out for. But mm-hmm. um, I know she, she should have. <laughs> I wish said something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Jeffrey meets him right after. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, like I'll bring some brewskis up. And Yeah. Um, Glenda like sees them as they're coming back from the bar, like from out her window. And then shortly after she's hearing like screaming and crashing mm-hmm. coming from next door. So she calls the police like all panicked. And um, she says, like, I'm hearing screaming and I want someone to come check it out. And as per usual, they just completely ignore her and blow her off. Um, I don't know if
1: this is an actual victim, though, like if this one was dramatized by the show, because I don't remember reading, like when I actually like read about it, like I don't think I remember reading about any like neighbors that he killed or like I don't think there was a Dean in his victims. I'm going to Google that really quick. It does show Dean's mailbox overflowing uh, with mail and Glenda tells the building manager and they go check on him. He won't open his door. Because well he did, um, and he ain't there, and um, she tells the building manager about the noises and the smells, and actually convinces him to evict Jeffrey, um, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, could should have been done like a long time ago, but I'm glad that like someone, someone actually listened to this poor woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does the building manager does give him an eviction notice, and he says you have 30 days to leave. And he tells him why and he says, like, we've received complaints about the smell and then Jeff's like, That's why I have a cleaner in there. That cost me forty dollars and you know, Sandy, I just got fired I. today. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like trying to convince him to let him stay and um and he's like, Oh, was it Glenda who who told you? And he's like he like knows. So then he starts to go after Glenda, which was like
1: one of the most terrifying scenes oh this was like oh i just got chills thinking about it like this oh my god okay so he goes to glenda's apartment to like confront her and ask her to take back the complaint which is like what um she says no and then he has to come inside to see if um he was still stinking up her place (laughs) after he had the cleaner or whatever um and she fucking lets him in, which I'm like, um, I would be like, Never absolutely not. No. You're not coming in here. Um, he says it smells nice and he don't smell nothing um, and asks if her daughter is there. Um, and then says he has <laughs> her a present for her. Um, it's a plate looks to be a plate like wrapped in tin foil. Um and she asks what it is. He continues to ignore her. Um then he just goes and fucking sits down on her couch the and audacity. asks her to right like, oh my God. And asks her to sit down with him and she does sit like across from him on a chair and um he opens her gift. Um and it's a sandwich, which we can only assume is made out of fucking human flesh. <laughs> And then she's like, um, thank you. I'll eat it later. And he like, No, eat it now. I used to be a butcher. I made that just for you. Obviously she's like, No, I don't know what's in that. Like I'm not I'm not gonna eat it. It's like back and forth. It's just meat. What kind of meat? It's kind of like pulled pork and she just continues to refuse to eat it, which I don't blame her whatsoever. Um and he says she's just like her mom and his grandma, always telling him what to do. He asks her again to take back the complaint. And she acts, asks again what the hell he's doing in there with the power tools, screaming, the smell. <laughs> like, he has a fucking excuse for everything, as we know. Um, and he just goes, he just says, I'm building something. What? <laughs> what are you yeah, building at like, all hours of the night? Um and again, tells her to eat the sandwich, and she just demands him to get out of the ap- out of her apartment. Um, after having a stare down with his soulless eyes, he finally leaves. And now, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god, this is funny. Uh, just what Hannah wrote. And now she's back in her apartment with a human flesh sandwich. <laughs> like fuck.
0: Like that, haunting as hell. Okay, so I have a few – like, I have a lot to say about this. So, okay, number one, I sent you the article about how, like – because I was like, is this real or is this dramaticized? Like, how accurate is this? So what I got was, like, so Glenda Cleveland is a real character, but she lived from, like, across the street from Mm -hmm. Jeff in real life. And there was, like, a real neighbor who lived next door to him. And it sounds like the show kind of, like, combined these two characters into one, which – It's kind of seems like they did the same thing with Tony, which is kind of annoying. Um, But I also like I understand for like sake of time and stuff like it's like, oh, yeah, like we'll just kind of combine these two parts. But it sucks for like the actual people because it's like, oh, that's not really me. That's me and another person. Um, But anyway, so the I forget what the real neighbor's name was in real life, but she said that like she has gotten food from Jeffrey before. And she can only assume that she has, like, eaten human flesh, but, like, didn't know it at the time. Um, But, okay, so, like, it's very odd. Like, I mean, okay, so he's just obviously a sickened individual. But, like, the way that he portrays himself in a lot of time is, like, I know I'm bad. And, like, I didn't want to actually hurt anyone. And I just wanted to strangle them first so they didn't feel any pain or, like – Drug mm-hmm. them and strangled them so I didn't feel any pain. Like I just feel like his stories don't line up because it's like like the like <laughs> sorry no, feeding no. someone a human flesh sandwich is a very sick thing to do. It's like foul. there's nothing like like you're getting something out of that. Like yeah, oh like yeah. it's funny to me, or like I'm it's a power thing or something, like
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I don't, he is all kinds of fucked and like makes absolutely no sense. And I mean, he never will make sense because he's not a human. Um, but yeah, his like, oh, oh, I didn't want to hurt them. Like, yeah, oh, I wanted okay. to be a good boy. Like, no, you didn't. Then you would have actually yeah. done that. So you wouldn't have killed people. So that's kind of how that works. Um, I enjoyed every second of it. It's foul. I did find a little blurb on um, Dean. So his name was Dean Vaughn. And he was actually reported missing in real life and then um, was found dead by strangling in his apartment in May of 1991. But... there's no like he has his death has not been connected to Dahmer, um, like officially just because he his death fell within the time frame um where Dahmer committed, committed the various murders, he was never charged in connection with the case and it's still open. Oh wow It's an unsolved case to this day, unfortunately. So, Sounds like it could be, but yeah. also Jeff yeah, Jeffrey wanna
0: cut him up. Right. So. It doesn't
1: seem like his MO. But that doesn't yeah. mean it didn't happen. So Sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, So then after the flesh scene, um, it's like another day or like another night and she's looking out her window again and she sees him coming back with like another man. And then it's again, it's the same thing. It's like a cycle. Like her life is a living hell. More yeah. screaming, more banging, calls the police again. She's like this time. She's like a different tone. She's like she is. Panicked and she is mm-hmm. desperate and she's like, Someone is being killed. Like, I'm telling you, someone is being killed next door. I need someone to come now. And they were like, Oh, we'll send a car tomorrow. And she's like, No, you're not fucking listening to me. They ignore her.
1: And then they also don't they say, like, can you go check? Yeah, are you they fucking did. kidding me? Yeah, let me just go check and see if someone's being murdered right now and then let me get myself murdered. Just like go make sure real quick. What?
0: Oh, my God. You're insane. Do your job. She's a concerned citizen. Like, you can hear how panicked she is. Like... They just completely blow her off and act like she's dramatic and crazy. Like classic, not only like racism, but also sexism. Like I guarantee if it was a man, like she would have been treated differently. Like it yeah. has, it's both. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's wild. Like I feel like women are always like stop being so dramatic or like, oh, like if you call the police so much, like we are not going to, they said something like this. Like if you call the police all the time, like we're not going to know when it's a real emergency.
1: Like Every single time you. has been a real emergency. Every single time. They're such assholes, and
0: then um, she like it's so it's like such a sad scene. She's like laying in her bed, completely powerless, helpless, and then she just you hear the sound of the drilling. Like that's just her life. So, Ugh, so there sad. was that, and then and then it flashes back to like current times or whatever, where it's her and the reverend and the, they're in the motel, and um, she's like crying. It's so sad. Like she's just so traumatized by this whole experience and. Mm-hmm. And then he says, like, that tomorrow the police chief is suspending the two cops who led Conrad back to Dahmer's apartment. So he was trying to, like, say, like, what you did does matter. And, like, we can never, like, obviously get the lives back of these people. Mm-hmm. But, like, we're going to try to, like, bring something good from this and, like, cur- like try to correct certain things. And, and yeah. that's, like, how the episode ends pretty much.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel t- so terrible for this woman. I know we just keep saying that, but, like, I mean, yeah. I also am confused about – I just need to read more. Like, there was his actual neighbor. I think her name might have been, like, Pam, something like that. And then there's Glenda um, that lived in a different building. So I'm just confused as to, like, what she saw, that actual Glenda. R- like, because real- she called the police yeah. about him, too, and, like, complained. So I'm like, huh. I think the Conorack thing was Glenda, but –
0: I need to read more too, and I want to watch the full the thing fa- of the, the, files. the files, yeah. And maybe we could do an episode like after we finish sure. and do an episode on the file, just one, and just like talk about like, like the di- similarities, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, the discrepancies, yeah. Um, let's dive right into episode eight. All right. Um, this episode is all about Lionel, um, Jeffrey's dad. So it starts with. Lionel sobbing in the police station after the officers have told him what Jeff has done. Um, that we see that in the first episode, but um, and then Lionel asks to be to go see Jeff, um, and they meet in the like visitors area of the prison or the jail, and they hug or something. And Jeff goes, "Guess I really done it this time, eh? Like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding like, me? No emotions. <laughs> Just like, yeah, guess I did it this time, huh?" Yeah. It's, like, reminds me of, like, when he was, like, sorry, yeah, thank god I can just – or can I get just <laughs> –
0: like, can I
1: get the electric chair, you think? <laughs> can I just get the electric <laughs> chair, you think? It just yeah. doesn't give a fuck. Like, yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> and he, he – then he goes, I'm sorry, dad. And, like, then his dad goes, it's okay. It's okay. It's really not. None of this is okay. Um, This is an interesting episode, too. I like – I really like lo-
0: uh, – Again, like just how they did the whole show. And I love how Mm -hmm. they like focus on like they did like one of the victims and like really focused on that and like um, and then like getting to know Jeffrey as a young boy and stuff and like his background and then focusing on Glenda. Like all the different perspectives are really interesting to like kind of pull the story together.
1: Totally. Um,
0: So then Jeff is like, how's grandma doing? And and uh, (laughs) he's like, oh, you know. She's doing well. She sends her love. Like, what the fuck? So they're just, like, talking about random shit. And they're just, like, completely avoiding (laughs) that giant elephant in the room. Um, And Lionel goes, I didn't realize how sick you were. Apparently, he thinks he can be treated by a professional. um, And he's just, like, trying to figure out, like, why are you like this? And, like, and he's, like, did I, like, is it something that we did, like, when we were raising you, he wants to know like why Jeff is, has done this to the family. And then Jeff starts talking about when they used to find roadkill and cut them up. And Lionel's like, no, no, no. Like, you're not going to blame me for that. Absolutely not. And it's just like, it's, I mean, I think like by the end of the episode, you see, he does like take responsibility to it, like for it for some, to some extent. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, in the beginning, like, he's, like, he's just so in denial that, like, he could have done anything, like, like, as if, like, going and finding roadkill and cutting it up is, like, a normal
1: activity for, like, 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 father and son to do. Like super casual. Let's <laughs> just go find some dead animals and cut them up. Like, what is wrong with you? Um, then, I feel like he definitely
0: had, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, we've talked about this before, but, like, he definitely had, like, something fucked up already, but there was something, like... I don't know. I don't I wonder if like if his dad didn't do that like if he would have.
1: Right. I don't know. I don't know. Had that like obsession with it, but I'm not sure. You'll we'll yeah. never know. <laughs> yeah. Um it then transitions to like a horde of reporters um running towards Jeff's mom as she's like trying to walk into work. Um Joyce, I think, yeah, Joyce is her name. Mm-hmm. Um, they're asking a ton of questions, like, why did he target black and Latino men? Do you think these were hate crimes? And all she, like, I think they keep going, like, Mrs. Dahmer, Mrs. Dahmer, and she just goes, "My name is not Dahmer," and then, like runs inside. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and then she goes inside and uh to her pa- and sees a patient where she's like delivering I- HIV results. To this guy and um tells him that his results are negative, luckily. And then he starts crying. She's like holding his hands, and then like she starts crying, and he's like, Why are you crying? <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? He's <laughs> like, This is my my shit. Why are you crying? And she just said like something about her son. Um
0: Oh my God. Yeah. I feel
1: like the whole like
0: my name is not Dahmer thing is again just like not taking responsibility for your part of it like oh it's like i'm not his mom almost like yeah i'm not she's like i, I don't d- want to be associated
1: this. with that yeah
0: it's like it's the same thing with the dad it's like all right you both are fucked like yeah you both had a part in this you suck as parents it's a tough pill to swallow but unfortunately oh, that's no, to reality it. yeah 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 Okay, so then we're with Lionel and Sherry. Um, So, like, Lionel's just, like, sitting on the couch. (laughs) He never went to bed. Um, And he hasn't slept for five nights in a row casually. Um, Lionel starts talking about pills and, like, how many Joyce was taking during the pregnancy and, like, just kind of putting all the blame on her. Like, she was an affectionate mother and, like, left Jeff and, like, just blaming her um, completely. And then – and then (laughs) this was wild. Um, Lionel confesses to Sherry that – he used to have thoughts like him and how he used to make explosives and tie little army guys to fireworks. And then, <laughs> gosh, I could not believe one day he brought a homemade bomb to school and threw it out the window.
1: Like what? Why isn't he in jail? Terrifying. <laughs> no, he was a minor, but like, fuck. Yeah, he was
0: definitely... Fucked up. Oh, well, okay, that's also another thing I wanted to look up. Have you researched that at all? Like, no. Is that true? Like, I don't know how true that is.
1: I don't know. All the things that like the dad says, like, I don't know if any of that's true. I mean, I guess I could probably read his book.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot he had the book.
1: He's still alive, right? Let's see. Lionel, Lionel Darmer. Lionel Poor Donner. guy. I he mean, wants not to really. Sue like, Netflix apparently, over the show. Um, did Jeffrey Dahmer's dad actually write a book? It's called A Father's Story. I want to see a picture uh, of this guy. He looks pretty similar to... Uh, oh, fuck. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he looks... Pretty good pretty job. Pretty <laughs> they did a really good job <laughs> casting that. Um, Who is Lionel Dahmer? Um, wow, he just looks like old little grandpa now. Yeah, I think he's still alive. And he wrote his memoir, "A Father's Story," by Lionel Dahmer, in 1994. So, wow. Um, I would be interested in reading that. Yeah. Um, it seems fascinating and horrifying all at the same time. Um. Yeah. So he threw a homemade bomb out the window. It's cool. It's really <laughs> casual. Um, and then confesses to Sherry that. He has fantasies, used to have fantasies like him too. Um, There was this girl living on his block when he was growing up and he um, tried to hypnotize her to get what to quote unquote, try to get her to do whatever I wanted. Sounds um, familiar. And that he would sit in church and think about what it would be like to murder someone and would also um, have these recurring dreams about having killed someone and then not knowing what to do afterwards. Like that was his dream. It wasn't like that he was killing someone in the dream that he already had killed them and then was like panicking about how to deal with the body? Question mark. I don't know. Um, Mm. Clearly uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree here, Lionel. Um, And I think that, I mean, he had all these urges too, um, but he never like acted on them. Um, in the way that Jeff did but I think that if he had like if it's had some scenario where like you know Jeff killed that first kid out of like rage if there was some same scenario that Lionel was in and he did it then he would have just been exactly like him
0: probably um it makes you wonder too like it just kind of seems like something like that is genetic but isn't that so weird to think about like yeah I mean it must be something brain chemistry I don't know I mean
1: it just seems so weird like or, like, it was that wasn't was there, but then, like, he activated it intensely by the roadkill and then all of the things. Like, right. it was a cascade from there.
0: So, yeah. so weird. Yeah, I'm very, very curious to see how true that is, like, mm-hmm. and how they would have gotten, like, a quote like that. Like, that's not something casual you just, like, admit. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I mean, you know, like,
1: oh, i like, almost was a serial killer.
0: <laughs> like, okay. I mean, imagine being Sherry. What the fuck do you say to that? She was she just was like. such a supportive partner, but like, I don't know. I wouldn't, I would leave him.
1: <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, that's just like not for me. So, um, I would be terrified bye. he was going to kill me in my sleep.
0: Like, yeah, he's something else. Ooh. Okay, so then Lionel's driving past his grandmother or his mom's house, I guess, and the lawn is covered with police cars and reporters, and then he's, like, busting into the house. <laughs> Poor grandma. Know. You hear her calling, Jeff, Jeff. And, like, she doesn't realize he's in jail, and um, she just seems very clueless, like, um, clearly has dementia, which yeah. is really sad, but mm-hmm. – Probably for the best, honestly.
1: Like Yeah, that she just like doesn't really realize what's happening. Mm-hmm. A blessing. A blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we now go to um Flash to a church and Reverend Jesse Jackson is speaking to the congregation um about how he is going to go to Milwaukee and pretty much is just giving them the whole spiel about everything like that he wants to um fix within that system that he won't stop until he does. So, you know, talking about how the officers turned a blind eye and that's why Jeff was able to do what he was doing for so long and um, says the police, does say the police are investigating what went wrong um, throughout this process, especially the incident with connerac it's what he calls it the incident um and that police chief the milwaukee police chief is sitting there so he's like saying this this chief is doing everything blah, blah blah and um but then he just goes into this spiel about how he wants action taken against the police department and he won't stop until he gets it
0: i'm so glad that well it makes you hopeful like oh they might actually take action and then we find out later what ends up happening yeah. um but it, like, gives you some hope because they do suspend those two officers who took Conrad back to Jeffrey's apartment. Um, and they were, like, all mad that they were being suspended, which is – it's, like, they were, like, trying to defend their actions and stuff. They were, like, oh, well, we thought it was a boyfriend-boyfriend thing. Like, okay, that doesn't – like, you did not follow the proper protocols at all. You were ignoring so many red flags. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and the chief tells him he knows about Glenda, like calling many times and them ignoring her. And then he puts them on paid leave until after the investigation. Um, and then he's like, they're like, our union reps are going to fight this and blah, blah, blah. You can't do this to us. And they have like a whole yeah. thing against him too. Cause he's like newer. So I don't know. It's crazy.
1: It yeah. is. They're such assholes. Um, and then it shows flashes of Lionel watching uh, Tracy Edwards on TV being interviewed about his horrific experience with Dahmer. And then some guy who claims his name is Nick, um, he like, cha- voice is distorted, The whole like, grayed out picture and everything, but comes on the show saying that he was a childhood friend of Jeff and that he had a sexual relationship with him in high school while they were on the yearbook staff together, which um, Jeff was not on. Um, as we know, he had like a zero 0.0 uh gpa <laughs> and would jump into pictures of the clubs because he wasn't involved in any of them and then um he also claims that jeff told him he was molested by his father and like it just like turns into this whole thing and sherry's Wild. like "We need to stop watching this like this these are all and lionel's like these are all lies and like just like gets really heated um
0: yeah weird i wonder what the motivation would be for someone to come on and like lie i wonder if they offered money like hey i know i know jeffrey like if i'll if i get paid i'll come on and the tea. like i wonder but if also something like
1: that for them to remain anonymous too is interesting like if you're yeah. like what i don't know It's interesting. if you want clout
0: like you would yeah. show your face yeah it's weird yeah i don't know i wonder if that's true too but who knows um but that would be really upsetting obviously i mean mm-hmm. all of it as like the father it would be really upsetting to see that the lies but also there's so much truth too so it's like who fucking carries your ruin at this point honestly yeah um so like Lionel goes back to the prison and, and visits Jeff and he brings him magazines that he's on the cover of like oh like cool you're famous like I don't know that's weird, it's weird. like it's like encouraging him like oh look you made it like no um they're calling him the Milwaukee cannibal gross um so then Lionel and his lawyer are trying to get Jeff to plead insanity. Um, they're like, that's kind of the only way that we can get the best possible mm-hmm. case scenario out of this. Um, and Jeff's like, oh, no, I'm not insane. I'm not cons- insane. It was just a compulsion. Um, and he says he knew what he was doing and he didn't want to, but he couldn't help himself. Um, and then they, Lionel brings up like a case from 1957, Ed I don't know how to say it. Ed Gein or Ed Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, that story was fucked Ed up. Gein is fucked. He's the oh. skin lamp man. Um <laughs> he would like kidnap women and then like yeah, he made them into like bowls and lampshades, and it's like um Hannibal the Cannibal. <laughs> it's like fucking lamp Disgusting. But basically they talk about that, and then um they that he entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity and then they put him in a psychiatric hospital um and then jeff's like oh yeah i read about Edgeen in a comic book spooky stuff like yeah you know and spooky then oh yeah. stuff. spooky stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah like he probably was like a kid like oh i like that that's cool and then it gets into the back of his
1: head and he's like oh I want to that. yeah it's gross That case fell. Um, Now uh, we're back in court where the judge tells um, everyone that on Monday, the victim's families will be able to make impact statements and that Jeff is going to be able to make his own statement for some reason. Not really sure why that's the case. Um, And then... You see, like, Joyce, like, running out of the, the courtroom and Lionel, like, chasing after her. And they have this, like, super heated conversation in the hallway of the courthouse. um, Just, like, yelling at each other about whose responsibility Jeff's was. You know, like, how they both are blaming each other for their son turning out to be – um a horrific serial killer um and just everyone's staring in the hallway um or staring at them screaming at each other in the hallway and it's super uncomfortable
0: it's like clearly both of you guys i don't know what's the point of even having that argument like it's already done you know
1: it's mm-hmm. like there's nothing you can do to change yeah. it so they're just trying to find like some yeah because like, they can't live with
0: themselves it's like right. i can't well there's no way like i I don't know how you can sleep at night, like being the parent of that child. So So they're just trying to shift the blame. But um, Joyce is then driving up to someone's house and it turns out to be Ms. Strotter. So that's Curtis's grandmother. And (laughs) this was unreal. Joyce wants to talk to his mother, Dorothy. And she's like, oh my gosh, I just want to apologize for what happened to your grandson. And then she's like, why are you here and (laughs) Joyce is like when your daughter like testifies in court do you think that she could say something like on behalf of Jeff like forgiving him which is absolutely wild why would anyone who has lost their loved one forgive what that man has done right there's just no possible way I would ever forgive
1: someone for that you horrifically so took disturbing. my child from me. I'm not going to stand up in court and say anything positive about you because your family doesn't want you to go to prison. They want you to go to a mental facility. I don't give a fuck. You no. can go burn in hell. He, Yeah, you all deserve to
0: just rot. I don't care. Like, fuck you. It's a different situation. Like, I mean, we'll ask. You never ask for that. Like, that's yeah, just- Yeah, we're just like, no. no.
1: You don't go to someone's house and ask that. Like, what?
0: No. I th- that uh, forgiveness is a decision, and um, I feel like it would be a different situation if it was like he accidentally hit them with a car or something, right. and like an
1: accidental tragedy, like like he was an alcoholic and like yeah. you know really struggling with that and addiction or something like that, not like murdering.
0: Yeah, and eating and like torture. Yeah. yeah everything that
1: he did like that yeah
0: that would be so different and like that would still be big of that person to like forgive because the life of your child or you know or grandchild or whatever is like still taken from you but that is different but like now Mm -hmm. there's no excuse for what you've done to my loved one no um so yeah because she she's just like desperate to be able to put Jeff into like a mental facility and mm-hmm. wants to save him from fr- from prison. Which it shows like these parents like love him, even though unconditionally. Clearly, yeah, yeah. Even though he was capable of, <laughs> yeah. which is like, well, maybe you should have loved him when he was a child
1: because that helped.
0: He needed that like so badly, and now you're gonna like desperately try to put the pieces together to create a, like a better life for him. But like, you weren't there for him. I don't know. It just seems like they didn't love him. And then they, now they do. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's terrible. They're desperate. They are. Um, no, um, it's Monday and we're in court and we start listening to all of the impact statements from the family. And it's like straight up heart wrenching. Um, starts with Conorak, Connor's dad is up there um, with his one of his older sons um, he the dad is speaking in um, Laotian and giving his impact statement and then his son is translating for him um, just talking about you know how they came to this country um, essentially believing so deeply in the American dream um, and now they're living in a nightmare because of Jeffrey Dahmer and um, and then Shirley Hughes, which is Tony's mom, like comes up and just like relaying, you know, everything that they've put that he has put their family through. And then she reads this like, oh, this poem but that one of Tony's friends wrote, like, about him and about this whole experience. And it's just like mm.
0: it's so, so sad. fucking sad. Other family members come up and give their impact statements. Um, the sister of Errol Lindsay rita comes up and she's um like enraged and and she's yelling and don't fuck with me jeffrey i'll kill you goddammit. it and she was just like screaming the whole time and like coming at um, him like trying to yeah. be him yeah and i read that that was like i mean i think all of these were like completely accurate mm-hmm. and um and even down to what she was wearing it was like 100% the same. And she was pissed because she was like, they didn't even ask me. And they, that was I was watching myself on TV, like say exactly, like it was like Ugh. crazy for her. And yeah, she, like she bringing up all
1: like, those memories,
0: so much trauma. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm glad it was accurate. Like, yeah. But, but they could have at least asked and contacted her first.
1: Um, oh, they could have done a lot. All the families yeah. are, um, are pretty upset. Yeah. Rightfully so.
0: Um, and then Jeff reads his statement. <laughs> he is completely monotone, flat. Um, he says he wants death for himself. And he says he didn't do it because of hate. Um, and he thinks, you know, that he's sick and evil. And he said he has tried to make amends after his arrest by um, attempting to identify the remains. And that he feels bad for what he's done to these poor families. And it's like, I don't Go know. Go fuck off. Like, like, your your apology means nothing. and
1: Absolutely he's, not. He's yeah.
0: never shed a tear. He's never, like, you're not, you, I mean, do you really feel bad? Like, I don't think you have, I don't think he's capable
1: of having actual emotions. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. He's a straight up psychopath. Yeah. Um. Then, it. We find out that Jeff was sentenced to 15 consecutive life terms. Um, Sherry and Lionel go into the back to see Jeff before he um, is taken to prison. Lionel gives him a hug and tells Jeff that he's been blaming everyone but himself for all of this. And that he really is the one to blame. And starts like talking about all the stuff with the dead animals. And that he should have listened to Jeff when he tried to tell him about his fantasies et cetera. He didn't do it good enough as a father, yada, yada, yada. Like we've heard, yeah, fucking sad story. Like you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it was, was just... at least
0: good to hear him take like ownership. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. yeah. It was partially on you, Lionel. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah. And then Joyce is like writing a letter and we find out that it's a suicide letter. She disconnects the gas line from the stove and then she's just casually like sitting in her little kitchen drinking her coffee and then she passes out and this is like the second time that we've seen a suicide attempt by her too um and then it goes to lionel and he's like typing on his typewriter and he's like writing that book
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: and then like sherry keeps trying to get him to come and like like get the phone and um, listen to her (laughs) yeah like hello hello like i'm trying to like (laughs) tell you something and he's like what um and it's a call from David, which is the brother of Jeffrey Dahmer that we didn't really see any of. Mm-mm. But um, And Joyce is in the hospital. She survived, but she was in the hospital because of the suicide attempt. And he's just like so casually, just like, oh, Jesus, I'll call him. And then he just goes back to writing his book. Like,
1: like he just – I mean, I don't think he cares at all about Joyce. <laughs> yeah. And he's like – I mean, she's done – she did that several times when they were together as well. So – Yeah. But still awful, awful. He just yeah. like <laughs> – doesn't respond, but um, and then it flashes to the police station where everyone is clapping because the stupid, fucking trash police officers that were suspended were allowed back on the force, and are like they do like a thing, like a speech, and everyone's like, "Great job, great job," and I'm like, "What? Do you- horrible job, horrible job. You should
0: be fired. You should. This should not be your job." Like you do not deserve the badge no you piece of shit Actual. you are just as responsible for conor X death as jeffrey dahmer yeah fuck
1: you yeah and then it shows uh reverend jackson jackson hey, reverend jackson <laughs> <laughs> um uh in a limo gets a phone call um with the chief i think that like or the oh is the mayor letting him know that those cops were reinstated and i think he's with like his assistant or some kind of colleague um and he's just like completely astonished that that happened and they just say they're going to continue um to fight this fight against systemic racism and they're not going to stop so, so. And, that's how Damn. That and that is episode eight
0: yep damn two more to go Yep. then we're
1: done oh, with this man. series
0: oh my gosh um mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i don't um, have anything else to say about it i don't it's either just like, but oh. <laughs> just
1: stay tuned for our episode that's gonna be dropping tomorrow um it's all spooky stories um from listeners and from um hannah and I i's lives so i talk about my fucking scary demon stalker that i had for her hey
0: guys it's seriously the most terrifying story i've ever heard in my life and a movie could be made about it is it's i mean it's sad to say that because it's so fucked up but you need to listen but also trigger warning <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's
1: really scary. It's scary. Like if you like are afraid of the paranormal and like can't ever sleep again, like maybe you don't listen yeah. to it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 50-50.
0: Like a lot of my friends are like, "Oh my god, send me the link immediately!" Like I can't wait. And then other friends are like, "Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Don't tell me."
1: Like, I, you I, can I listen, listen to the rest. Thing. Like you could fast forward through my story. There's some good stor- other stuff in there. My story's yeah. at the end too. So yeah, you can listen. You'll to know like when show. it's coming. Yeah. yeah, we don't just like.
0: But the whole thing is scary, so. It
1: is. The whole thing is
0: scary, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. But have a great um, spooky weekend. Um, hope you guys have have a fun time. Go to some parties and. Yeah. Or take your kiddo's trick-or-treating or whatever it is that you're doing. Have a good time.
1: Yeah. Enjoy, it. My favorite weekend of the year. I love <laughs> it. So fun. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.